Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Hoovering, the podcast about eating. I'm Jessica Fosterkew. I love eating as much as anything else in the world, but also it sometimes brings me conflict, shame and all sorts of other things that are rubbish. It's complicated and I think fascinating. This is a conversation with an interesting soul, not just about food, but about gobbling it up, or if you will, hoovering. Welcome. This is a lovely episode you're joining us for. I'm talking to a real-life professional food writer for the first time. A professional eater, no less. Who you've no doubt read in various broadsheets and stuff over the years. She's called Emma Sturgis. And she doesn't just write about food. She's an extremely talented maker of it too. But first things first, I've got a tiny bit of business to address. Business. First up. There's a few tickets left for my Hoovering live shows coming up in London and I've announced my amazing guests. On the 27th of January, I'll be joined by Anthony Amordou off this last series of Bake Off and he'll be baking. Also a comedian who's so funny, I'm regularly brought into real, genuine, gut-twisting, physical pain from laughing so much at her. It's the amazing Lou Sanders and the seriously cool activist, writer and all-round excellent feminist smasher Salma Elwadani. There's only a few tickets left for that, so rush. Also, on Monday the 28th of January, we've got an equally stunning lineup. It's celebrity MasterChef semi-finalist and brilliant comedian Zoe Lyons, writer and engineer Yasmin Abdel-Majid, and kick-ass award-winning actor and writer whose star is rising like a rocket at the moment, Millie Thomas. And... I've lined up some very talented and cool food merchants to bring us all things to try eating, but also bring snacks. So for tickets and be fast, go to unrestrictedview.co.uk 
forward slash the hyphen hoovering hyphen podcast hyphen live. Last little bit of admin to blather on about, but just a cheerful request to please keep up the good work spreading this podcast like wildfire. Tell every twit you ever meet about it. Rate it, review it, subscribe to it. And if you've got any spare money at all, here's how I'm helping this beast survive and eventually, maybe even one day grow. I'm on a site called Patreon, where you can swap wedge for rewards like, um, oh, lots of the rewards involve getting discounted tickets to all my live events, just like the one I bragged about just then. So if you might be able to help on that front, go to patreon.co.uk forward slash the hoovering pod. Let's get into this one then. You join us on a Sunday morning in Emma's Manchester home, which is bursting with beautiful recipe books, and Emma's made the most incredible hummus on toast I've ever eaten. Seriously rich, silky, creamy, hearty, properly sexy, simple brunch. And then, 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 breakfast pudding, which was the most delicious vegan cake I've ever, ever had. Both of them from Nigella Recipes, which are, in the, of course, as ever, in the podcast notes on Acast. But my God, what heavenly cooking from Emma too. Oof, what a lucky trout I am. We're eating Nigella's miso hummus on, is it sourdough? Mm-hmm. Oh, and we've drizzled it with sesame seeds. Toasted se- sesame seeds. Toasted and sesame oil, which is, I could just sniff it all day. It's really good, actually. Mm. I've not made it before, but it is good. Oh my god, that's so yummy. That's so yummy. It's really um, creamy. Yeah. What's the process? Did you have to like take the skin off a load of chickpeas? Well, I did, (gasps) but that's partly because I couldn't find, so ideally I think there would be jarred sesame seed, uh, jarred chickpeas, the Spanish ones in the big, you know, the big sesame jars. Are they just way better? My mum says so, but I've rarely told the difference. I've got a book on pulses up there, and um, I think it's Jenny Chandler, and she... I, I had to review it years ago and I kept it because it's really lovely. Right. I don't cook a lot out of it, but her recommendation is either jarred chickpeas for hummus with tahini, right. either jarred chickpeas or t- take the skins off. So there was no good on the telly last night, so I took some skins off. <laughs> you are very lovely, Emma. <laughs> I've only ever made hummus once and I took all the skins off and I went, never again. And well, then the, pe- the person I fed it to said, you don't need to do that. But I think this is way creamier. Oh, it's yeah, lush. I think it might be. I wonder if you could even use um, sesame oil as a hand moisturiser. Mm. It's a smell that I want. Mm. I just, I, maybe I'll be overdoing it if I've got to smell it all the time. Mm. Mm. It's really good. It's got that umami thing going on that presumably yeah. if you're not eating loads of dairy and things, yeah. you kind of take that where you can, presumably, and sesame's got... Also, if you're not eating meat and dairy, or you're vegan, or whatever, you flirt with veganism, like me, then you, um, I don't know, I do feel like, I've been, I should put it this way, I'm surprised at how, how I'm still finding new nice breakfasts. I think <laughs> breakfast used to be the meal that would trouble me most because mm-hmm. I'm a big egg fan. Mm-hmm. And then it'd be like, uh, so I felt like, oh, okay, I can have an avocado and some spinach on some toast, whatever, peanut butter, crumpets. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh my, all these things are done. And then you discover, then I discovered like making my own bircher mm. without pro yogurt, which tastes exactly the same. I can't tell the difference between a 
that. I mean, you'll get your game, mm. but maybe you can. I, well, I've not. I, I'm not an oat person unless right. they're in a flapjack. Oh, really? A cooked, yeah, a oat, yes. Don't granola. Like a creamy oat. I don't like a creamy oat. It's not my bag. So, um, the kids mm. have porridge, but I kind of make it. You know, holding my own. Do you? Just too much like gruel or something. It's just. It's just got that kind of like undertone of kind of. I don't know. It's a little bit musky and a bit milky and just yeah. it's just not my area fair enough mm. oh god I didn't think because you're a restaurant critic ex-restaurant critic you're just going to be brilliant at describing food <laughs> I, I don't know, you know I mean anyone can do a podcast but it's one of the major things that I'm hoping I get better at because I just go mmm it's really nice about everything <laughs> no, I did a live show yesterday mm. Of this podcast, and there were four of us all just going, Mmm, that's nice. Mm. And I was like, Right, let's can we stop and take a minute and try and think of other words than <laughs> nice? I think when you've got a blank page in front of you and a blinking cursor, and you've got and the, the most difficult reviews are the three stars, you know, where it's oh. not amazing, it's not terrible, yeah. the service was pleasant, the food was well cooked but not remarkable, and then you know, it's not remarkable. There are no remarks to make about yeah. it. Yeah, th- and any th- remarks you do make sound unjustifiedly fawning or cruel yes so that middle ground you know a lot of that is filled with is with description so the more descriptive you can well that's my you know if i've got if i've been asked for 600 words you know i've got to produce them so yeah the describing takes some so do you write about restaurants still now I do little bits. I do um, Pro V Punter for Olive magazine occasionally. Cool. So because um, I'm up here, so that gives them a bit of a northern perspective on bits and pieces. Yeah, we can. I do a bit of restaurant judging. There's a couple of awards that I'm um, involved with, Manchester and, Food and Drink Festival awards. Oh, uh, and that is that on at the moment. Yeah, isn't it? it is. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. very cool. Yeah, no, it's lovely. It's been going for a long time now. But you know. did do it more, and you, you, um, I th- I think it's one of those. So I want to, I just want to know what it's like really, because on paper you go, right, get to eat food for my job mm-hmm. and think about it and write about it. And on paper for me, that's something I'd hear and go, yes, yeah. the dream. Yeah, I'll take but that. ultimately, my, I assume it's not for loads of reasons, but the ones I can predict would be, much like in comedy, if you're over immersed in something it kind of ruins it a bit for you. As a comedian, you go and watch comedy. Sometimes mm. if someone's, someone's really, really throwing shit at the wall, if someone's really, really avant-garde or really tanking or mm. whatever, then mm. sometimes you can really barely laugh or just a master of the craft. But ultimately, you don't really laugh at comedy anymore when you're a comedian. You'll look, you'll, you'll look at a brilliant comedian and go, very funny. So it becomes like an academic yeah. exercise like of assessment. Yeah, you suck the soul yeah. out of it a little bit through that. Yeah. I don't know. Does that happen? I think it probably happens to chefs because they're trying to do that thing. They're trying right. to do that, have that creative moment of, of cooking. They're cooking for a living. I am writing about cooking mm. for a living and it's different. So I'm not looking at it thinking, why didn't I do that? Because mm. I ain't doing it. You know, I cook for family and I cook. Yeah. I love cooking and I decorate cakes and do bits and pieces but I've not for a long I, and I used to work in restaurants as a teenager um, and on and off throughout my life but I'm not thinking you know how can my how, how can my hummus on toast be the absolute 
bollocks of hummus on toast. I think it's the best hummus on toast I've ever had. Win. <laughs> it's the bollocks. It's the absolute bollocks. But I'm not looking at thinking, well, well, he put some preserved lemon on as a garnish, you know, maybe I should... I'm just... No. It doesn't spoil it in that way. I mean, I, I eat a lot. I eat out a lot. <clears> and I think the only thing that gets to you is when something is... A restaurant is cynical and it's only as good as they think it needs to be and yeah. you know they they know it's not that great but that's not relevant to their bottom line it doesn't matter yeah and that's that's the thing that gets to you and that's the thing that you find more often than you would think really in yeah. the uk yeah yeah i would yeah. say uh, do you think it's in tourist places i feel like there's an element of if you i've certainly been on lots of holidays where there's only one place at the top of that hill so that place can be shit Oh, yeah. Yeah, and there is that. And service stations, which yeah. is the prime example, apart from the lovely um, T-Bay and Gloucester services, which yes. are amazing. It's, I would say, more for me, it's chain restaurants right. or places, yeah, in tourist attractions or places where there's a big-name chef attached, perhaps, right. in the, like, you know, in the middle ground. Mm. Places that are really flash. So we're quite close to some areas where I've heard, I've heard restaurateurs say and chefs say, doesn't matter, more money than sense. Right. You can do whatever, as long as you've got good cocktails and table service, you're grand. You don't need to worry. Yeah, really? Think, yeah. Because the area is so wealthy. Well, yeah, and that people aren't necessarily wow. in there for the food. It's for the scene or whatever. So the cynicism Wankers. All, yeah, but not... <laughs> <laughs> luckily, not everyone <laughs> no, is a wanker. No, not everyone is a wanker. No. That could be the motto of today's podcast. Gavel. <laughs> like that gavel um, I think with the thing with being the critic in the, of the food mm. I get the impression with comedy critics and I'm sorry I keep comparing them that's obviously all I, my, with the most known comedy critics and they're not known like food writers are because obviously a lot more people are interested in food than they are in comedy <laughs> and rightly so they seem to sort of hate comedy a bit that doesn't happen to you with food. You don't go, oh, God, not another meal, like, not another no, restaurant. No, it, it doesn't happen to me. So I was a I was a full-time freelance food writer for mm. 10 years, but that encapsulates a lot of different things. So to put, literally, toast on the table, I've done long reports about food retail for the grocer, so, you yeah. know, BSM, what do you think that is? Um, oh god I feel like I should know this my dad worked in wine sales ah. so we always did get the grocer I'm not that I've ever read anything more than the glossy cover well it's full of excellent in-depth reports it's butter spread and margarine butter spread and margarine <laughs> so those kind of category reports and then I've done yeah, I know but it's, it's surprisingly fascinating you find out that the north of England prefers Lurpak whereas southerners like Anchor Really? Yeah, you would think it would be the other way around, maybe. You would, and my, yeah. I'm from a southern family of Lurpackers. Maybe I've got it. Maybe it is the other way around, but I'm sure it struck me that. And That's then I funny. thought, well, oh, but the north is closer to Denmark. Maybe it's that. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. I'm sure they're all really concerned about the carbon footprint, and they've all thought about it that far. <laughs> um, <laughs> funny. Yeah. So you Ooh, find yeah, and you look at the way people shop and the way people mm. interact with the supermarkets which are inevitably a big part of our lives etc so I've done enough stuff in food to make it varied and food people are 
generally just absolutely lovely. Brilliant. You, I have. I don't think I've ever met a cheesemaker who's also a massive tool. Like they're all really. Nice. Yeah, they're all nice. That's lovely to know, it's isn't lovely. it? It's yeah. like one of those adages you can pass down to your grandkids. <laughs> I've got a friend whose mum always taught her that if a man's in brown shoes, he's a bastard. <laughs> And I quite like the idea that we can maybe pass on to our children. If she's a cheesemaker, she's probably a good egg. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Say scrum diddly umptious. Hello. And then you can be in my podcast. Scrum diddly umptious. I've just realised that behind you and behind me are a wall of amazing food books. Yeah. That is very cool. Well... This is, I had to slim it down because it was getting ridiculous. Is this the pared down library? This is like a quarter of what it was. Really? Yeah, it was getting Did you, what did you do? Go, right, I'm not using these. Get rid of the ones I'm not using. Yeah, well, did you do a point, core boot? So, no, I gave them to Oxfam, there's an Oxfam mm. bookshop um, locally. They're so good, aren't they? Yeah. Good cards in there. Um, and I'm really popular with them because people want <laughs> to buy gift food books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big gift aid. Yeah, tag your bag. So this is the shelf that I use all the time and yeah. when I've used something I put it at this end so that right. I like to kind of keep a mild track of okay and looking at. baking reading oh that Dan Leopard book's the look how red that is oh yes yeah, oh yeah. my that was a yeah. revelation that amazing. book amazing useless for vegans but amazing Obviously. for anyone else yeah in fact there's a few good breads in it though actually yes there's I... a red wine and walnut Ooh. Fred in that Dan Leopard Short and Sweet Dan Leopard Short and Sweet is lovely because you can open it and you can find something so I've had that since it was published right um, I'm still making new stuff from it I'm still <gasps> opening it and thinking what can I do for X's birthday whatever I've heard not the same but a similar thing as in someone recommended it to me off the cuff got it mind blown like yeah. the first ten things I made from it all stunning like nothing yeah. else I'd ever had and I've probably bought that book more than any other thing object Thing, really, idea for ever. I bought it for so many people as a gift. It's a lovely present. Yeah. And um, funnily enough, I was I was at the Guardian for a little while, um, looking after some of the food stuff, and Dan was doing a series of recipes and things for us. So I went round to his house and we did um, we made toffee and <sighs> sugary things. I can't remember what exactly the theme <sighs> was, but I think it was you know sweet things generally. So we made, I think we made kind of. Uh, treacly toffees wrapped in paper and we made caramel and fudge and things with muscovado and calvados and things and he's he's another example of a genuinely high quality human being yeah and the food thing is not you know don't think it's coincidence he's just a good guy cooking with him was really a huge privilege and really fantastic so that's yeah that's a really good book the Annie Bell's Baking Bible next to it is also really good Darina Allen Ballymaloo will always be very present. All the all the Allen family. I'm going to take a picture of this warm, <laughs> delicious joy, of potential delicious, potential joy. delicious joy. Yeah, you've got to. What an amazing thing! I love it. Yeah, it's it's really nice, and I've you know it's nice to be able to suggest recipe books to other people. And yeah. So, you know, if they say, "Why? Well, what should I get for this?" There's normally something, and even now I've reduced the size of what I've got from what I've got here. Yeah, I would. It would be something from here that I would recommend. So that says a lot about. So I'll um, ask one more thing about the critiking. Mm. Well, one you told me that once you you got poisoned. That's not the one more thing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's um, health and safety wise, it's not always as health and healthy and safe as you would think. So this was, I mean, this was years ago. But me and my now husband went to do a review of a Sunday lunch place in the countryside. 
And I ordered the chicken, he ordered his thing. We ate it, we talked about it. I felt that my chicken was not as cooked as it could be. And I was like, I'm not, I think I'm just going to leave that. And he said, the kind, polite equivalent of, give it here, woman, I will eat it. Yes. So he he thought that it was fine, so he ate it. And it wasn't fine. And he had three three weeks off work with Campylobacter. He was really oh, ill. No, that's a bad one. He was three weeks yeah, off. Yeah, he was, he was very, very ill. Did he have to get... Oh, my... He wasn't hospitalised. He wasn't hospitalised, but oh, I think... Oh, no. That's possibly because he didn't go. You know, he was, he was pretty ill. <gasps> Shit. So, yes. And I can't remember, actually, whether the review was published or not. I don't know. I can't remember, because it presented yeah. itself after the... What would after happen in that situation? Would you have to go, can you ever see that? Because they nearly killed my husband. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think by the time I mean, it became clear... the least we can do, the least not advertise them. <laughs> but never, the thing is, you never know. No. Like, I had a recent experience at a chain restaurant where I was quite ill after something right but in fact they were excellent I called them they took me through all their paperwork their processes yeah but at the end of the day I knew and she knew it might have been that but it might not have been yeah. and you know unless 20 other people are ill at the same time it's just a you know shit happens it's just yeah. a one-off something unless you have chicken. the ability to make a PR disaster for them really then I there's not a lot yeah. can do and it was an independent restaurant and right. you know it was bad I wouldn't go around recommending yeah that. yeah but it's it's just one of those things that you never think will happen. Um, Shocking. Yes. I've only ever had a few poisoning. I think I'm quite sturdy tummed. Mm. I've, I've had a few 24 hours, but once as a teenager, my aunt bought us some amazing pasties from Cornwall. Mm. Like, you know, hand, whatever. But this hand crimped. Hand crimped, etc. But... Um, that she gave them to my mum and my mum froze them not knowing they'd already been frozen. Ah. And that was, ouch. I think, both of us were out for a fortnight. And Ooh. mum's told me afterwards, I mean, I was a child, but mum told me afterwards, oh, I did think maybe we would die. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>, mum. Thanks, <laughs> <Nice>, mum. Thanks <laughs> okay. for not passing that at the time. <laughs> yeah, my mum's quite, she's not lax in food hygiene, but she was yeah. brought up in another time. Yeah. And she's, you know, she is eating that last... She'll put tablespoons of things in little pots. Oh, then, really? Yeah. That your, the answer to, is this yoghurt all right, is it's fine. That's always the answer. Doesn't matter what the yoghurt is. It's fine. And she's, she's normally right. Mmm, in my tongue. Going to make the sugary toffees and stuff. You must just think... Those are the days, I get them, where you go, oh God, this is a great life I've made for myself. This is what I'm calling work. Yeah. yeah. How did you get into it? I was incredibly lucky, really. I've always been interested in food, so my first job, you know, I didn't have a paper round, I worked in a kitchen. Right. In the pub in the village. Um, I've always been interested in it, I was encouraged to earn my own money. Yeah. Um, And so restaurants and pubs and things is where I ended up and then when I got to university and they were divvying up tasks on the student newspaper because I've always known that I wanted to write as well right and all the lads went for music a couple of them went for comedy right and but food was food was there and there was nobody else who was rivaling I would have wanted it but there was nobody to say no I'm having it so brilliant it started there and I've, I've done other things but food's always been part of 
whatever job I've had, so I've been really lucky. Yeah, I just I like writing, so it's the writing as well. It's because, yeah. like we were saying about describing food, like it's just endless possibilities. I bet I think you've been as talented as you've been lucky to be mm. honest I think women are too quick to go I just said ever so lucky it's just the right person right 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 right. mm, that <laughs> fuck ton of graft actually <laughs> and I'm really gre- we're greedy we're a greedy family right so oh, I've, got, yes. <laughs> I've got the appetite for it and that yeah. definitely helps so perfect oh well we are too <laughs> family of units I'm happy of it tell me about testing your cookbook every week for Metro and then making your kids eat the results well, do your kids and do your kids eat everything? They yeah they they'll try it. Right. They don't. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, they don't finish it off all every yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. You know, one of them will like something. One of them they've got irrational. One of them doesn't like bananas. <laughs> you know, just the normal stuff. But irrational. An irrational hatred of bananas. That's a lovely. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I hate bananas. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Yes. <laughs> but they will. They understand that it's not going to kill them, and it's yeah. they're not frightened of it, and they'll just. They'll dig in. Um, so, yeah, it just happened that I was asked to do a... Cook, we thought we'd do a cookbook column. Metro, my editor just said... So, Metro, the magnificent commuter newspaper. Yeah. Um, back in the day, um, it had a lot more lifestyle content in the paper itself. I mean, the food section needed cookbook reviews and I was asked to do it and it just seemed natural that I would cook from them rather than just saying, no, I just got yeah. a new book out. Yeah, the pictures are nice. The pictures are lovely. <laughs> so, so the lo- introduction's <laughs> very witty. Yeah, exactly, but you've got it's to, not the point, right? Yeah. Since I started doing it, um, lots of other places do it as well. So right. most food magazines will have a cookbook review. A lot of food supplements have them, and it's just a really lovely. And because not all food books are tested properly, the recipes don't work. Right. Um, there are uh, ingredients missing. You know, it's not as simple as... Well, talk to me about this, because you were saying as well. Sorry. Uh, finish that, but then, yeah. Okay. Um, so, I just started doing a weekly cookbook test column, and we would extract recipes, and... Did I you get to choose what you cook? Yeah. I mean, sometimes publishing houses will only allow certain recipes to be printed, so mm-hmm. there needs to be some crossover between what you're writing about and what okay. the recipe that we can publish. Yeah. But for the most part, I could look through and say, okay, I'm going to do maybe one or two, but they have to work with, you know, so my husband doesn't, he's not mad keen on pasta, for example, right. so I wouldn't just be like, oh, I've made us a delicious pasta, because it would yeah. it, it, he, he wouldn't be able to be fair about that. No, quite. So I would just look through and find what I wanted to cook and cook it, and then obviously you've got to eat it. So yeah. that includes, we're you know, we're a family, that includes the kids, and for the most part... <laughs> What's the most ga- gastro thing your oh. kids have? The most fine dining that your kids have had on a Wednesday think, night. <laughs> my first one was a Galvin cookbook, which I don't think I've still got actually. And it was a, I think it might have been a dark chocolate sorbet. <laughs> <laughs> How old were they? Well, this would just have been the bigger one. Okay. And he would have been quite a little at the time. Um, <laughs> a little two-year-old having a duck. And I think there might have been a souffle element as well, possibly. It was certainly... The sorbet was the junior partner to the dessert. I can't remember what it was. But um, they don't care. Like, it's just yeah. it's just dinner. So I didn't actually use to test the very fancy books a lot right. of the time. So yeah. it's got to be something that somebody could read about in the paper and think, oh, do you know what? I might get that and make that. But we've been watching... Me and my older one have been watching um, Jamie Oliver's 
Italy series. Right. And he is seduced by, you is know. He? He absolutely. Just oh, that's the, lovely. the travel and the and vistas that he's never seen before and the colour and the people and Jamie just being approachable and Gennaro yeah. and them having all their the banter. He loves the He's a young man. He loves the banter. <laughs> <laughs> and he just said to me, we've got to go to Italy yeah. and we've got to make, we've got to do this food. So I keep walking past the half price book in the shop thinking, I'm going to get that. Yeah. And we'll do some stuff together. Because he just, oh. he loves the idea of it. So the, the idea of difference yeah. doesn't worry them. I mean, they, you know, they're That's kids. That's very cool. But they'll, they'll give it a whirl. Yeah. What's yours like? Um, he will eat anything. He will. It depends. If so, one day he there'll be a week where he'll be obs- all about the baby bell, and now he hasn't touched a baby bell for a month. He's like he's flighty, fickle, yeah. fickle is the word. But he will try things in the right mood and at the right hunger. Mm. If he's not been allowed, I mean, he's constantly, constantly asking for food. He asks for pudding at the end of breakfast. Oh yeah, might do that. Yeah. Um, and he's just. It's cool, but it's. It's constant, so actually he needs really big distractions to not be just on a constant nibble on all day. Um, the most the most proud I've ever been was when he ate, um, uh, and obviously liked it, so it was just going in again and again and again, like a, a massive load of crispy kale. <laughs> At two years old. And I was like, well, part of me thinking, what have I created? <laughs> Little Lord Fonfroy. And then the other part was thinking, good, get that iron in. Was it quite salty? Was it salty I had gone sugar? light because I knew he was joining nah, in. Ah, yeah. But I hadn't put any sugar, no. Um, if I'm making it just for me and my other half, tons of salt. Mm. Oh. oh. And even smoky salt. Mm. I don't know. I've, just roasting brassicas generally has been revelatory. Yeah. It's all been in the last year that I've realised you can do that. All the different cabbages and that. Oh, now you see, I've not had to do the cabbages because I would, if I was going to roast something, it may be a beast. So I don't have, <laughs> don't have to resort to the brassicas. <laughs> We've been doing a lot of um, like tender stove in a hot pan. Yeah. Just so it goes really crunchy with olive oil yes. and salt, so it goes really crunchy. Yeah. And that's really nice with hummus and bits and pieces. Roasted savoy cabbage with a, like a meaty white fish. Oh, and you roast yes. it in maybe fennel seeds and mm. big ch- wedges of lemon, mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. giant wedges of it. Twenty five minutes, Amazing. crispy outside, Ooh. with juicy lemony in the Ooh. middle. I've got, I've actually got a cabbage in the fridge. Have you? I have. I got one in my veg box, and I was like, I'm not going to do it. That's massive. Yeah. Roasted it, and we devoured half a cabbage in one Bloody sitting. Hell. Amazing. Yeah. Healthy. Anyway, uh, is it? There was a lot of oil involved. Was another there? drink? Yes, do you want a coffee? I'd love another coffee. Yes! And then we can maybe go cake as well. Yes! Oh, this is so lovely. Thank you so much. What's this? So this is from Nigella Lawson's book, At My Table. And it's she calls it a lemon tender cake because that's Nigella. Um, and it's... It's vegan, so it's made... Is it? With, yeah. It oh, God, it looks good. <laughs> so it's made I with... I surprise. <laughs> well, I mean, you said it. I couldn't possibly. <laughs> but the shock says it all. Thank you so um, much for making vegan stuff No, that's my pleasure. I just thought... Because um, it's like a little... It's a bit like going back to the days of testing recipe books. Like, it's not it's something that I normally do, so it yeah. is a little bit of a challenge. It's vegetable oil, um, coconut milk in the sponge, yeah. uh, lemon... <sighs> zest lemon juice and things and then that's coconut yogurt Ooh. top with a blueberry compote oh so 
Oh. Give, should we give it a whirl? Yeah, yeah. You Do you want to take a picture? Me. I've taken pictures. Okay, fantastic. So well, I think it's that. one of those ones which is probably eat it today, don't leave it till tomorrow Fine. because it's kind of um, soft and it's got quite a lot of baking powder in it. I'm not sure whether you're going to be able to taste the baking powder. Shit. Um, but I made a little video there. Oh, did you? Oh, sweet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love the way she describes things. So when she talks about putting the blueberry compote on this cake, so it's a white icing, the coconut, coconut yogurt all over. And then she says, put the blueberry compote in the middle, leaving a white frame around the edges. Oh, and not only do you know exactly what to do, you also enjoy following that instruction. Yeah, it's yeah, just such yeah. A, she just puts it... Beautiful yeah. writing as yes. well as beautiful cooking. Yeah, and then the, the fact that she's a beautiful-looking human being doesn't really matter because her... So I've been reading... So her How to Eat book is about to come out. Oh, it's right. reissued. I think it's 20 years. So there's been a lot of publicity about it and people talking about what that book meant to them. Yes. And talking about her skill generally and how it, you know, and how the fact that she's unbelievably hot is the least important thing. No, the least important yeah. thing. I mean, I'm sure there will be elements of her exposure in her career that she'll have got because of that. Or mm-hmm. well, actually, probably sh- shit she'll have taken mm-hmm. increasingly mm-hmm. more. That's a oh, yes. God. Okay, right. It's a strong yes. For this cake? Mm-hmm. Okay, right. Yeah. Here we go. Oh, my God. That's really good. That's so good. That's the opposite of every cliche about a vegan cake. It's so... I'm going to say it. Moist. But it's like almost... <laughs> I'm saying, if you're going to say it, you got to really own it. Well, it's not good um, to see moist, it's, is it? It's no, moist. no, no. It is so, so tangy. Mm. That so citrus is powerful mm. and you know what I don't I'm really particular about where I want to taste coconut I think especially mm. if you flirt with veganism coconut introduces itself into the cheese world the it's fake everywhere. cheese world it's, yeah. everywhere. it's, it's a horror and mm. I I love fresh coconut coconut water nut, water can get fucked like this I'm, I'm really often on the coconut this that tiny tiny hint of it in that cream mm. is magic with it's all that really other zing zing mm. Mm. And it's so creamy, but that's so sharp. But that's it's, it's a brilliant oh recipe. Oh my god, what a great recipe! Mm. Yeah, Do you think it. when you make things with oils like that, then instead of butters or dairy products, that they that like you say, it's got to be eaten on the day, like it just mm. don't have the shelf life? Because you wouldn't want that to start drying out because it's so perfect. Like I this. don't know because obviously carrot cake is normally vegetable oil, isn't it? And mm. that's that can hang around for a while, but that's got a lot yeah. of moisture from the from the carrots and the raisins and things in it. So it feels oh quite, it's not pancakey, but it's got that element of being like a fluffy, yeah, a fluffy American pancake almost. It so. has. It's almost puddingy. Mm. Oh, it's really, it's a really good one. It's and a really good one. When the kids come in, they will eat that mm. and they'll, they'll really like it. They'll be really happy with that. Yeah. Oh. I mean, to be fair, they can take what they're given, but yeah. it's nice to know that they'll be happy with it. Oh, I just think, as well, if you're going to have a lemony cake, it needs to be really lemony, and mm-hmm. that is. Yeah, really wow, great. that's yeah. a showstopper. I'm very grateful. It's an absolute pleasure. You might know. Someone told me yesterday, that you know, not necessarily a reliable source, mm-hmm. that um, most vegetable oil, like in big cheap vats, mm. is actually rapeseed oil. Well, I think that's probably true, probably, is it? Mm. Because I don't know, well, I don't know 
about the food labelling aspect of it. Yeah. But if it's from a vegetable source, you might think that rapeseed could be considered a vegetable source. Because it's not an it's not an animal source, is it? Or a So are we just all idiotically paying insane money for rapeseed oil? Well you'd be paying the insane money for extra virgin rapeseed rape oil, cold okay. pressed, so right, right, very right. premium. And the reason there's so much of that about is because I, I believe there is a farming, or there was a farming premium, so all the farmers right. were incentivised to grow, you know, British rapeseed rape oil. Right. So that's, and obviously there's a market for high-quality single-state olive oil, so the thinking yeah. is, you know, people could be persuaded to have rapeseed oil instead because it's British it, and it's cold-pressed. And, and does it, is it a bit easier on the planet than olives? Someone told me that the, the, the beginning of olive oil... Faddery, mm. and I still think that probably seventy five percent of people don't understand what olive oil to use for what type of cooking. My boyfriend is always putting extra virgin olive oil on something that's about to be roasted. And you think, no? Well, so am I. We we shall have a chat about. That. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm intrigued. I'm with him. Are you? You're outnumbered. What do you think? Put the posh oil even in. Won't it burn? Well. So, the, what started me up, so I took a sabbatical when I was about, well, 12 years ago now, I took a sabbatical and I did the three-month course at Ballymaloo Cookery School in Ireland. Right. Um, bossed by Doreen Allen, who is, um, she hates this, but she's the Irish dealer, but nobody's allowed to say it because right. she's, she's um, not, but she's, but she's not. In terms of profile, she's right. the Irish dealer. Right. She's, but she's also... The, the cookery school is on a multi-acre organic farm. You wow. know, she, they make their own cheese, etc., yeah. etc. She's a groundswoman. She she grows, she cooks, she raises cattle, etc., etc. Wicked. Um, or her minions do. Yeah. And so <laughs> one of the things they do is that they use extra virgin olive oil for everything. They just do. You right. Know, if they're using oil, olive oil, it is extra virgin olive oil. Okay. And that became my habit. I think I saw that there's some research that's come out that says that extra virgin olive oil does not burn dangerously at high temperatures. Oh, really? That's quite recent. Oh, God, it's, I just feel like my whole life has been a cycle of fake news. <laughs> yeah, it's it. And, you delete, know, repeat, yeah. delete, repeat. Yeah. Nothing, yeah. You can't believe anything you ever hear. No, so I choose to believe the fabulous Irish woman who is 70 yeah. and amazing, very healthy and cooks with extra virgin olive oil, makes well, it taste delicious. And the product of that cooking is always gorgeous. So Absolutely. You can't get that wrong. Yeah, yeah. You would think, actually, wouldn't you, that... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you would know if you'd ruined something by using the wrong oil from how it tasted. And it tastes great whatever oil you cook it in, does. as a rule, most things. Yeah. So I do my roast potatoes in extra virgin olive oil. Do you? Mm. Not duck fat? No, because they're always a bit soggy. I think maybe my oven doesn't go up high enough. Right, right. Perhaps just rubbish at roast potatoes, but they're not. they're always better... Nice. So I would do an extra. So my mum gets goose fat at Christmas, and I'm like, Ooh. "Dude, we're just gonna not use that." Yeah, yeah. Fascinating. Mm. Um. So the olive oil thing was, I heard that I read heard that much like what we're doing to Peru and Chile with our avocado obsession now, mm. we did to Greece with our olive oil obsession in the eighties and seventies. Oh, that's interesting. In the beginning of kind of really globalized food market everyone going nuts for extra virgin olive oil and to grow an olive tree the roots of an olive tree apparently very uniquely go straight down oh. really go down 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 because they need a lot of water mm. but that's one of the reasons why greece is as arid as it is and as cracked and broken because they've just oh, way way overdone it on the olive trees jesus we're just bastards 
I mean, we're idiots. But that yes. might be bollocks, but it's a great story. Well, you've just got to be prepared. If it, if, if it bothers you, then you've got to be prepared to, to sit down at your computer for a couple of hours, yeah. really check whether that's the case, yeah. and then every time you go and buy extra virgin olive oil, make sure it's not a blend, including Greek olive oil, yeah. if you feel like that situation can be rectified. And then, on the, and then on the other hand, I'm thinking now, poor, poor Greece's economy. Yes, <laughs> and, exactly. And you're thinking... Well, we've just established that everything we think we know is probably bollocks and we'll all have to change our mind in half an hour. I'm afraid so. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewellery. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I want to pick up on something you said earlier about that um, recipes in cookery books aren't always tested properly. Mm-hmm. So are you saying that when a celebrity chef brings out a cookery book, they haven't hand-tested and crafted each recipe themselves? Yes. Does that ever happen? So there are some chefs who are really well known for writing their own books. So Peter Gordon, right. of the Providors in London, I believe he writes his own books, and yeah. that's why he doesn't publish many books. Right. But if, just if you think about... And it's not, it's not necessarily, if they've got a good team testing them for yeah. them, who understand their voice, who understand their tastes, it's no problem, it's not a problem yeah. that somebody who's really skilled, whose job is to test, devise or write recipes for big name I chefs. I like that's uh, not a problem. So recently I got, which I can see in your show, oh no, I got the Ottolenghi, a newer one called yeah. Simple. Yeah. Um, he credit, he sort of credits... He credits other his chefs with coming up with the recipes. Because that is that's because he's a good guy. Yeah, but also you think, good, yeah, exactly. Yeah. What good, what good egg? But also like exactly like you're saying, they is everything in that is so on brand. It all tastes exactly like Otolenghi food. Mm-hmm. There's no random, you know, homely <laughs> omelet in there. <laughs> no, uh, not, not unless it's full of black garlic and harissa <laughs> and whatever else. Nobody put a bacon sandwich in there. Imagine if one of his underlings. <laughs> yeah. So, but I think what's nice with him is like, 
Let's pass him by. Well, no, he's really let himself go. The first time there was a bacon sarnie and a Montelengi on white bread. Yeah, yes. But then you know they're such huge operations. Like, yeah. I don't think Yotam is turning to his life partner with whom he has two kids or how many kids he's got. Yeah. Say, darling, I won't be back to bed until two. I've just got to come up with another breakfast recipe for the breakfast chapter. Yeah. Like. He's got restaurants where people are developing ideas all the time. Yeah. He's going to call his team and say, dude, I need a breakfast recipe. Which one's selling right? Bring them over. Yeah. I'll test both of them. Yeah. You know, I don't... I think it's it's varied, but I think the problem comes possibly in the middle grounds where publishing is being squeezed. Um, somebody's got a book deal, but they... The, the publisher or... There isn't the money to spend ages testing everything loads yeah. of times. So... Although I love cookery books and you can, you know, you can yeah. see from my shelves that I use them a lot. I really think there is nothing finer than a food magazine for yeah. good recipes because delicious olive and BBC Good Food, all the recipes in there are tested three times. Right. And before they go anywhere near being published, they work. Yeah. And when you're buying expensive ingredients, or even not buying expensive ingredients, you want to you want, you it want to, work. to know someone's checked. Yeah, what they're telling you mm. makes sense. Mm. I feel actually. Do you know what? I haven't thought about it. And I said, I mentioned it on here. I feel annoyed when I try something. I do exactly what they say, and it's not. I think it's different if it's baking and there's any sort of chemistry involved. I understand this. It's some of it's with the gods. Yeah. But when it's something that should work, yeah, and it doesn't, mm. furious. Quite rightly, that is your time. Time, <laughs> exactly. Either money and money, obviously, but like, oh, yeah. <sighs> it's enough to it. It makes me really cross, and it used to make me really cross when I tested recipe books. And There's a recipe book up there called Scandalous. That one won't have been written by a chef. <laughs> That's <laughs> you mistake. You are quite a long way away. It's called Scandalicious. Oh, Scandalicious. <laughs> Fair enough. It's just delicious Scandinavian food. Yes, absolutely. Fine. Okay. Sick, who wrote who wrote those both of those books is a fantastic. Okay. Um, cook. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was just someone going hands up. Didn't write this. Shit. These are a load of shit. These are none of these will work. No. <laughs> well, so, you know, you just got to be aware that they're tested to greater or lesser degrees, and yeah. especially if something's come from. If something starts off as a recipe for a restaurant, it starts off in a certain volume. You know, you've got to get X amount of portions out of it. If you then divide it by twenty to make it suitable to cook at home, yeah. something is perhaps lost in translation, and somebody needs to be involved with that book who knows how to translate recipes from big to small. Yeah. They need to, you need somebody who can downsize the recipes properly. Yeah. Otherwise, Jess gets cross. Yeah, you get me fuming in the crappy little kitchen. <laughs> I just want to say, I've just done a little burp. My mouth will taste of that cake. It's ringing with the citrus and the sugar, and it's so nice. And the coconut, it's all, it's, I've got the most perfect after-cake mouth. And then I just did a little toasted sesame burp. Oh, no! No, I loved it. Oh. I feel like I've had the most incredible breakfast and breakfast pudding combination ever I think do you think that makes me disgusting I really like it when you have great food and then you're reminded of it by a tiny burp I would say it makes you unusual do you yes Wagamama's burps very nice uh, yes this is back in the day when I was still eating all that stuff a Burger King bacon double cheeseburger burp heaven <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I'm telling a restaurant critic about how much I enjoy some of my burps. 
We've got um, a wagon man that's near the office, and so mm. if we have if there's a birthday or something, that'll be where we go for like yeah. you know how how many how much ramen can you inhale in and out? Yeah, and then yeah, so that's not going back into the office. That that's not a situation where you want a wagon's birth. Is it no, really? yaki udon. Yeah, quick little Hi, bow. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, what's your favourite meal of the day? Oh God. Is that too hard? Have I asked you what's, yes. what's, what's the best film of all time? It's something impossible to answer. Um, tea. Dinner. Tea, dinner. Yeah. 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 Okay. Fair enough. I'd agree, I think. <laughs> I feel like I've really yeah, stumped you. really stumped Sorry. Because, but all meals are so good. Yeah. And have so many possibilities. But yeah, tea, because you can. it can be, it can really be anything. Are you a more savoury person? Um, I used to be. Then, when I was at university, I did Weight Watchers. And, I know, shoot me later, I realised my faults. Um, And, to make you feel better, they have low-fat, high-sugar yoghurt afterwards, or some strawberries, or whatever. And I did that for the entire summer. Oh, mate. And now I've got a sweet tooth. Oh, God, you did Weight Watchers with kids! <laughs> That's an advert for not doing it. I like food of any stripe, sweet, savoury, or, or anything in between. But I didn't have that requirement for sugar after a meal until I did Weight Watchers, and That's it's never left me afterwards. That's really funny. Mmm, <laughs> delicious. Have you ever done a travel that was particularly memorable because of what you ate there? Yes, we got married in New York. That was pretty good. So we'd been a couple of times previously, so there may have been an element of, oh, let's go up here because the, uh, look at that lovely um, site that we're going to go and see up there. We just happened to be passing this cream puff restaurant (gasps) that's just opened that used to be in Japan and is now here and it's amazing. Wow. So that's always... Really good. And then I've been lucky to go on press trips in the old-fashioned style, so where they take you to Tuscany and great truffle over your pasta, and that was pretty amazing. That was a spa trip. So the negatives were man doing doing massage and spa treatment, so you turn up to your mandated thing that's on the thing, and it's a Swedish massage, and it's a big fella. Yeah. Which is not for me. Oh, um, oh no! But then the what, just all kit off, and then just a yeah. giant man yes, slapping yes, you about. Yes. And mm, so that's fine if you're all open-minded and European. <laughs> and not if you're you. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> there's another podcast actually who uses the phrase never nude. She says, I'm a never nude. You know, a never nude. Yeah, and I've got a great deal of sympathy with that approach. So <laughs> but then if you know do you, do you not find I find that the older I get, the more I'm like, get them off. Get no. No, thank you. No, thank you very much. Okay, fine. But, yeah, the payoff for the um, weird press activities, you know, the sauna that's also a salt grotto or whatever, mm. um, is the amazing dinners. Pasta with truffle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, yeah. That. To have it. That's vegan. If it you, is. Well, not with the egg pasta. Not yet. Have get all have. the cream probably in it. Yeah. But, the, mm. Yeah, it's really good. And we did... Fabulous. Um, not for work, but... I did a walking holiday through... Oh, God, I'm such a wanker. Walking holiday through Tuscany. Um, and that was insanely good because it was yeah. bed and board at hotels and they weren't fancy <gasps> hotels, but they were just like, have some amazing dinner. And we, yeah. yeah. So that was... Oh, get in. I'm very jealous of that. Um, five second rule, yes or no? Depends on the state of the kitchen floor. Okay. But yes, veering towards yes. 
Veering towards a cautious yeah. yes, a cautious yes, a sensible yes. If I'd let a baby crawl on it, then I would do. Then I would pick up. If yeah. I, if there was a baby in the house, I was like, I love the idea. On a Only a mother could know that the baby was filthier than the floor. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. Oh, what's the strangest thing you've ever eaten? Do you know what? You've ever eaten anything like this while it was still alive? No. Okay. Nothing seems strange. It all seems, really? yeah, it all seems like food. So I had some duck's tongues the other day. The other day? The other day. A duck's tongue? Yes, it was batter. It was crispy, crumbed. It was crispy crumbed. And I'm not Where like... did you have that? I can't remember! <laughs> <laughs> was it in a restaurant, though? Yes, it was in a restaurant. In a restaurant in these parts. So on the one... So was it nice? Yes. So that one part of me is thinking, uh. Mm. But the other part is thinking, why thinking, uh? No one else is using a duck's tongue. And if the duck's dead anyway, for all the bits that are going to be used in your crispy pancake, great that a chef's using the tongue. Absolutely. Yeah. Did it have a flavour? No, it's just stuff. It's just stuff in in crumb. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Just stuff. Hot hot fried stuff in crumb. Hot fried stuff. (laughs) I think recently I went to a restaurant, which has been mentioned not by name on this podcast before, by the great... Faye Ripley. Yeah. I had tea there quite recently and yeah. they um, had some, I think it was sea bass and it had been, he said to me very earnestly, have you heard of the Japanese way of killing fish? What they do is they put the hook in, just in one place at the back of the head, special place, and it either kills them instantly or it stops them feeling any pain. Yeah. Presumably it's some kind of thing with the spinal cord like a lobster. Yeah. Or anyway, it means that the flesh is not flooded with adrenaline yeah. and the fish remains soft and wonderful. And there is one boat, apparently, off the southwest coast of England, killing fish in the Japanese manner. And it was indeed soft. So they... <laughs> it was delicious and delicate and wonderful. It didn't taste soft. as a scream <laughs> of a suffocated sea bass. Quite. So that was quite unusual. But yeah. those things, they just, you know, when it's your semi-working life, they just appear and you just... You just have a duck in it. Before yeah. you know it, you're having a duck's tongue. Just for a oh, bit no. of stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so funny. I want to know about the, your world's rudest chef encounter. Oh, so for another feature, I used to have to um, talk to chefs about what they have in their cupboards, what they have in their fridges and things, and their set questions. And I think it was for that. And a lot of those, it's 10 minutes, you end up doing it on the phone, chefs are busy, etc., etc. The person involved, <laughs> I had interviewed previously, and he was not very nice. He was... He was not very polite right. then either but I thought you know what we need this I'm going to do it it's fine etc etc the PR was on the phone at the same time so sometimes you know have a double call where somebody's listening to you talking to the person um, and afterwards she could not apologise enough she was shocked and horrified <laughs> it was really bad he was eating he was smoking he was making coffee he was he was opening up his restaurant as we were talking um, he just he wasn't listening, wasn't listening. he no so, and, you know, everyone has an off day and <coughs> I can certainly be rude and offhand. I can absolutely be rude and offhand. Do you get that thing sometimes where the phone rings and you pick it up and as you're failing to concentrate on what they're saying, you think, I don't know why I picked it up. Yeah. I get that, I would say, probably 20% of phone calls I pick up, I think, I'm really stressed. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, not being very nice to you. I'm yeah. not being present in this call. Yeah. 
It's almost always my mum or my sister, and I have to go, oh, I'm on my way into a thing. Mm-hmm. And I am, but it's like, no. And then you can't feel really guilty. Yeah. Maybe he had that. I'm assuming it's a he. Yeah, I don't think he felt guilty. Yeah, yeah. His name rhymes with Park Snicks. <laughs> Riddle you that, <laughs> listeners. Riddle you that. But talking about eating when you're on the phone to them, did you say that Bob Mortimer did that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in a funny way, because it was Bob Mortimer. D- disappointingly, I would say never interview your heroes when they're eating a biscuit oh. boost. <laughs> he was having a biscuit boost? Well, in, in my mind, it was a biscuit boost because he was really enjoying it. And that's the, that's the chocolate bar that I would most enjoy whilst not giving an interview to I an innocent journalist. boost. Mm, they're really good. Really what were you good. talking to him about? It would have been some kind of lifestyle thing, like a telly, because right. I used to talk, uh, write about telly as well, right, so it would right. have been a telly thing, probably. I um, think his Twitter feed is one of the most brilliant things in the universe. I haven't it's looked so at it. Fun. Oh, it's so funny. It's, um, it's bonkers. I, yeah. yeah I keep meaning to listen to Atletico Mints as well. Oh, it's supposed to be great. Yeah. yeah. Someone has built a real-life robo-orc and they're threatening to wreak havoc, jumping on cars, crushing schools, all whilst using really foul language and being all, like, slobbery and with, like, shocking body odour. Anyway, the robo-orc has agreed to go and live somewhere otherwise uninhabitable, like a bit of Australia, and never bother anyone again on its own, but only if you, and weirdly it does have to be you, do four-hour-long hit classes on the bounce. (laughs) Sounds impossible, but you do it. You're a hero. Your your prize is the adulation of everyone on the planet, apart from maybe some Australians. Um, forever and ever and ever, um, you get you're past that kind of knackered out, sweaty bit. You're allowed to shower or whatever. Your reward, your main reward, is the feast of your dreams. Nothing in it has to be realistic, attainable. Let's give a shit about health. I, it's just the heavenly ideal. It doesn't even need to be things that exist necessarily or go together or anything like that, if, if you want. I want to know what you're eating, what you're drinking, who with and where. Okay, so starters only, no main meal. Right. Because variety is key. Yes. So when I did the course at Cookery Course at Ballymaloo, they do lots of little, they do plates of pots of pâté and platters of smoked fish with pickled cucumber and uh, delicious sorts of things mm. and mayonnaise and prawns and little bits and pieces and big chunky slices of aubergine fried on both sides and extra virgin on the bottom. So those. Yes. And then, so the smell of some food can offend some people and that can stop the person who's eating the food enjoying it. Fine. So this, the, che- the amazing English and Irish cheese board that we're having only smells to people who like it. Nice magic cheese. Magic cheese. So, Ooh, tell me some cheeses that are going to be on there. Uh, Stitchelton, definitely. Really nice cheddar, goat's cheese. Mm. Fine. I would probably let some a chef choose it. So fine. And um, there's a restaurant in Lancashire called Moor Hall, and they have got a cheese room, and all, <gasps> all everything within it is magnificent. Oh. And so they would probably choose the cheese, but only the people who in, who would enjoy it can smell it, yes. so they can really enjoy it. And then for pudding, simply magnums. <laughs> I wish, if you're listening, I wish you could see him as well. It's just... Simply magnums. <laughs> um, uh, we're just talking milk magnum, milk chocolate magnums. No, no, it would new- be the whole range. <gasps> 
all the magnums, almond, pistachio. Coffee. Coffee? Magnum? Black, black. Oh, the black espresso (laughs) magnum. I know the one. (laughs) Raspberry magnum. There's a dark chocolate minty one sometimes available. Not fast. No, not I don't care about that. There's like a champagne it's like a Prosecco and raspberry. Yes, get fucked as well. Yes. So just you, you, yeah. Just the ones I like. Good. Um, and it would be like a, a Magnum Buffet. Yes. So you can just, you know, stroll up and just take, uh, take magnum a Magnum Buffet. Yeah. All at the perfect temperature. Um, so just melt, like melting. When's the last time you were in Greece? Oh, year, years. When I was a kid, probably. Next time you go, if it's soonish, they do an equivalent Magnum called a Lacta. Which Ooh. sounds disgusting. It sounds made with breast milk. Does, yeah. It's on par, if not better. Ooh. It's different, but majestic. That interests me a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Greece. We Lacta. haven't booked anything for next year, so that's oh, grand. Okay. Excellent. I can recommend a really nice apartment Airbnb in Rhodes. Um, okay, cool, cool, cool. And that's that sorted. Um, and who would you have there and where would you be? Well, I... Um, your Magnum Buffet. <laughs> I would have... Do you know what? If I'm perfectly honest, I would have an hour where it was just me. Yes, yes! Do you know you're only one of two people who've ever said that? And it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Then it would be reset so nobody could see the extent of my shame. <laughs> no, not shame. Delighted. You deserve this. Oh, yes, that's... Yeah, I've, I've worked for it. I've forgotten about that. Um, and just my close family would be grand. Right. And um, somewhere green, but not hot. So Ooh, okay. we've had some really nice Cornish pasties in a field somewhere in Cornwall, unsurprisingly. Um, and the grass was really long and the children were tumbling around. It was all marvellous. Um, and, and it was shady and it wasn't too hot because I'm, I'm anti-hot. Right. Um, and it wasn't too bright, but it was nice to be outside. Somewhere like that. Yeah. Not a spring or an autumnal yes. field. Yes. Yes. Lovely. No insects. Or maybe Wales, you know. Whenever I go to... I feel like Wales is the greenest green place. Have you ever been to the Hay Festival? No, I'd love to. That round there is green, the bright green of Wales. Mm. In fact, we went to Ludlow um, a few years ago, and that's just on the borders, and that was yeah, yeah that was green, 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 or Ireland, but oh yeah, just of course, know, yeah, somewhere, somewhere lovely and green. But I can really, yeah, there's a freshness to that. Yeah, what a great setting. delicious. Huge thanks to Emma Sturgis. Check out her writing in Olive magazine and elsewhere. She's on Twitter, of course, at Emma Sturgis. S-T-U-R-G-E-S-S. Oh, that food was amazing. And to answer your immediate question, yes, of course I regret talking about how much I enjoyed that burp. I'm a fucking disgusting pig. And I laughed and laughed and laughed when I heard that back. (laughs) What is wrong with me? Oh... I was in a grown-up's house, a stranger's house, and I just started talking about how much I enjoyed that burp. <laughs> Animal. I think it's more than made up for, though. Were you as grossed out by the burp thing as I was by myself? By Emma's brilliant introduction to all of us of the concept of a magnum buffet. What a beautiful thing. Please tell everyone you can, all over the world, everyone you ever have any contact with, like E.T.'s finger, about this podcast. Join us on social media at The Hoovering Pod. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Rate, review, subscribe and follow me too at Jessica Fosterkew. If you'd like to email me or see where my live gigs are, go to jessicafosterkew.com. I really love hearing from you. Hoovering is produced by Emma Corsham and the music is by Mike Greenway. Until next week, happy hoovering. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.